0: And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston and USA Today, Cody Davis, along with the best co-host in the world. It's a regular guy, some sports guy, John, some sports guy, Hickman. Happy to be back with you guys
1: to discuss and end off the week discussing the Houston Texans, of course with the greatest co-host in the world, Cody Davis. We do have Brandon K. Scott of 16 Sports Radio. He will be joining us today to discuss the NFL draft for the Houston Texans specifically, kind of dive into what he believes Houston, you know, can actually do with the draft picks and his thoughts overall of the draft picks, of drafting Davis Mills overall at 67. Uh, Brevin Jordan, Nico Collins trading up for him. So that's going to be fun. Also, why is everybody, Everybody already looking towards the 2022 draft but before we get into the Texans talk of course I want to tell you guys about NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson hosts of Locked on Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering the latest news and insight on every game team and move around the NFL get your picks previews and much more every day with Peacock and Williamson podcast Part of the lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast or on the Odyssey app. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because I really do find this funny. But I guess I, I, I guess I can pose the question like this. Is it really a testament to where the Texans are expectation-wise that we are seeing a lot of preparation for next year's draft to select the quarterback? You know, I got tweeted – Rot for Rattler. I thought that was funny. I've never heard, you know, rot used for tanking. And once again, you know how I feel. We're not going to tank. They're just not going to be good. But you got Sam Howell. You got Rattler out of Oklahoma. You know, he'll be in his, what, second year under Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is the same coach that put two Heisman quarterbacks in the league at number one. And then Jalen Hurts, who played one season under Lincoln Riley got drafted in the second round to Philly. So he is somewhat of a uh, college QB whisperer. And as of right now, two of the three is working out. Cleveland uh, made it to the playoffs for the first time in, you know, almost 20 years. Lincoln Riley really helped Kyler Murray ascend his game and what he's doing for Arizona. Arizona actually does have a lot of expectations this year with the additions they made in the offseason, one of which happens to be J.J. Watt, who misses Houston's food scene. But, you know, Lincoln Riley has done some great things with quarterbacks uh, during his tenure at Oklahoma. You know, he had Spencer Rattler, which is a projected top 5-10 to uh, prospect next year. I'm not really blown away by any of the uh, QB prospects for next year, Cody, but he is number one and two between him and Sam Howell. And if everybody is already kind of alluding to having the you know the picks to get one of those quarterbacks, I think that speaks volumes to the season that we're you know we have to get ready for next year. I think that speaks volumes to the lack of faith people have in Davis Mills right now, which I don't know if you want to call it fair or not. It is what it is. Like, we're not going to really get into. That's not fair. That is fair. Um, But overall, man, why are we really kind of hankering so early on getting one of those top two quarterback prospects as of right now?
0: Because the future of this organization is in doubt, <laughs> plain and simple. And, John, this this conversation goes back to what you and I talked about earlier this week, the possibility of the Houston Texans tanking. And I still, I still stand by what I believe. I do not believe that the Houston Texans are going to finish the year with the league's worst record. Once again, do I think this is a playoff team? No, I do not. I don't even think they're going to be in the running for the playoffs. And I do believe at the end of the day, this is going to be a team that is going to draft somewhere in the top 10 even if the Texans were to finish the season with the league's worst record and let's say get the number one overall pick who's to say that they would need to use it on the quarterback because just like there is an answer at quarterback, there is still a big answer that needs to be filled on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's on the on the defensive line, rather that's the secondary, getting a game changer, a starter, the, the college football's best corner, especially when you consider that none of these quarterback prospects, now once again, I could be wrong, but none of these quarterback prospects are generational talents coming out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what else is funny? It seems like everybody is conceding the the 2021-22 season to be pretty bad for Houston. Because if they are in the position to draft one of the top quarterback prospects next year, that speaks to where they believe this team will end. Now, I will say this, when we take a look around the NFL, I can't come up with too many teams that will need a quarterback next year, which is also why I think Houston is in a bad position. If you're one of the teams that need a quarterback next year and your record is bad, you're going to be a bad franchise for a couple of years. Only team I could think of off bat is if Philly is done with their experiment with you know Jalen Hurts, maybe the Broncos. You know they they may throw their hand in that route in that race for another quarterback. I also I believe that they may have an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers, but. Houston can win. Houston may not even have the worst record, but they're still going to be one of the teams unless something happens between now and the draft next year. They're going to need a quarterback. And I find all of this just so funny that in May. 2021 on a Friday, the 7th, we are ready to just go bypass the entire season and go get a quarterback for next year. BetOnline is the only place you should place your bet, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On. Again, don't forget to use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. Texans, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros. If you're a fan of the Houston sports franchises, listen up right now. Nugget is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, which is offering a complimentary bottle to all of football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugget Knicks Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. If you're over forty, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nix. There's a reason Nix has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years because it simply works. Again, text drive to two three one two three one. Message and data rates may apply
0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen to this friday installment of locked on texans the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the houston texans every single day here on the locked on podcast network ladies and gentlemen today is friday which means as always we have our brother our friend our cousin mr brandon k scott from sports radio 16 brandon what's going on my man
2: man i'm living good man i'm living good we almost a week pretty much a week past the draft i'm i'm letting everything kind of soak in and and uh yeah man we're good we're good man how y'all feeling
0: doing well man doing well you know we are officially a week since the conclusion of the 2021 NFL Draft um just jumping into it man who do you think is going to be the Texans biggest steal because this is something John and I talked about on yesterday and I'm really intrigued to see what we're going to get out of Davis Mills, Nico Collins, and Brevin Jordan. You're talking about two of those guys. It seems like if they would have went back to school and played this upcoming collegiate season, they would have been first-rounders, no lower than a second-rounder. Then Brevin Jordan, he was projected to fall between the second and the third round, but the Texans got him in the fifth round.
2: Yeah, that's the one for me, really. Brevin Jordan, and really it's the, the receiver and the tight end, Brevin Jordan. And, of course, Nico, Nico Collins, uh, who, who they also uh, who they traded up to get, of course. And so those are the two players that I'm actually expecting to contribute the most uh, because I feel like that they are the most ready. Um, I'm still doing a little bit on Garrett Wallow. I mean, that seems like more of a, a special teams guy. And if he turns into anything more than that, then that is obviously a steal. So um, but if he if he turns out to just be a special teams guy, then that's that's pretty much par for for what you got there. Not sure what to expect out of Roy Lopez. And then, of course, Davis Mills, Davis Mills, I guess, is the, uh, you know, the the lightning rod, so to speak, because people are trying to decide whether they view him as the heir apparent, whether they view him as a project or whether he's just a, a backup that they drafted in the third round. And that's sort of where I'm at right now, whereas I think Davis Mills can play in this league. I mean, he clearly has the arm talent and ability to make throws that will allow him to have some kind of career. But to look at his tape and the limited body of work that he has and expect him to be anything more than that, I think is a stretch. I, I feel like, you know, some of the the analysis and and breakdowns that I've been hearing have been about, you know, let Davis mills sit for a while and develop. And, you know, maybe he won't even be active in some games in 2021. Like maybe he's the healthy scratch that, that Josh McCown was last year. And, and, you know, the Alex Magoos of the world, whoever, but to me that's not acceptable with, for, for where you drafted him for, for him being the third round pick that, that to me just does not quite cut it. Like, if he can't beat out Ryan Finley to be your backup quarterback at the very least, even in his rookie year, then I don't know what we're doing here. Like, if, if Ryan Finley is ahead of him in the depth chart, to me, that's a problem. You know, I don't I don't actually have a problem with them drafting him in that space. Uh, if, they, if they really believe in him, I don't necessarily have a problem with the idea of rolling the dice on the quarterback. I wouldn't have done it, but if it turns out that this guy can't beat out Ryan Finley, then to me it's a wasted pick. But to answer your question, man, it's the it's the skill, guys. It's it's Nico Collins's speed. I'm sorry, not speed, size is what I was what I was really actually trying to get and at. You're in the 4-4. He 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 does have good speed. He does have good speed. But what stands out to me when I watch him is more so just to be able to go get the 50-50 balls. You know, he's got the speed. Um, can probably improve a bit as a route runner, but but pretty good from what I see, and I think feels an immediate need that you have as far as having a a big catch radius type guy on uh you know on your roster. Uh, one of my colleagues over at Sports Radio Six Ten made the joke that the the Texans need I think it was Landry Locker made the joke that the Texans need a wide receiver who can ride the rides at World, <laughs> you know, basically saying that they needed a, a good wide receiver that was over 5'10", you know, uh, in an ideal scenario. And I think he feels that need. And then Brevin Jordan, Cody, me and you have talked about this already, that Brevin Jordan might actually be, even though that was a position that you didn't think was one of need, one that you thought you had, had some, like, a decent amount of depth there. There's no superstars in that group. But you feel like between the, you know, between – Jordan Akins, Farrell Brown, and 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 whatever hope people might have had in Kahali Warren that maybe you had a deep enough tight end group, but this guy could be better than all of them. So I, I like that idea. And and so I I've come around a little bit because one thing, one thing I didn't give enough credit for or enough credit to was how desperate the need was everywhere. You know, like we debate size of the ball, should they focus on offense, should they focus on defense? thing about this team was that they you know especially with this Deshaun Watson situation hanging over their head like they're starting over they need dudes at every position
1: you know I think uh I watch Mills's um his tape and he can make every throw man like he, he threw a against Colorado watching that Colorado tape and he threw a beautifully thrown out route and I think the out route is one of the if not the hardest throw to make at the collegiate and NFL level. But I don't understand why people are shocked that it's, it's a bad pick at 67 if he doesn't pan out. If he does not get at least a game in or two this year, yes, it's a bad pick considering the cornerbacks that were available on the board. And that's what I want to lead this to. Like, you know, it's okay to understand that he may not, play this year uh what we want to see him play and hopeful texans fans have to understand that this is the nfl where reality will hit your ass hard but with the available cornerbacks that were available and that as you mentioned one of those positions of desperate need was it a shocker that houston didn't address it at 67 more so was it a shocker they didn't address it at all in the draft
2: yeah, I, both. I would say like I was in the moment, to be honest with you, I was shocked, period, that they didn't address it. Maybe not later on, because the guys that you thought would have been were taken were already taken. Like once they made that decision to to go quarterback, you know, it it, it kind of was what it was. And I I don't know how high I was on anybody uh, on any quarterback by the time they got to the, you know, later rounds and especially after they had already traded up to get uh to get nico collins so so i would say both but again to the point like we looked at the at the defense and thought you know i even did a podcast leading into the draft like hey y'all need to go get somebody that can cover all you got really right now is bradley Roby. you brought in some guys but they're not here for long you know and especially if they play well they're probably gonna price themselves out you know, if best case scenario, they play well, and then they price themselves out. You need young talent on the defensive side of the ball. That's the way I looked at it. But again, I didn't give enough credit to the fact that, you know, the the wide receiving core is, you know, after Brandon Cooks, I mean, you don't really have a, a ton there. And then he's not even here for long after next year, you know, so you needed to replenish everywhere. And I think after I thought about it, after I, like, I don't know, I don't know if they picked the right players, but the strategy I'm much more okay with. I actually prefer, I'm glad that they went with the strategy that they went with as opposed to the one that I would have gone with. Of course, I'm saying that now unless some of those cornerbacks, like it was like three cornerbacks went back to back to back uh, later on in that third, and, you know, like unless one of them hit, I'll probably be singing a different tune, but I get the logic much more so now than I did before
0: and speaking of the logic Brandon after speaking to Nick Casario both Friday and Saturday do you get a sense that the Texans plan heading into this draft was more so about drafting the best players available versus drafting what you need and I say that because a lot of us and you know heading into the draft we all debated should they or should they not draft the quarterback at 67 but we all came to a mutual agreement that at the end of the day this should be a defensive draft we look up um three of the five players that they drafted came on the offensive side of the ball
2: yeah so what I would love to really know Cody is like who are the players that Nick Casario liked yes that, that flew off the board when he decided to trade up for Nico Collins like the the idea of getting Davis Mills, basically to me, I mean y'all y'all can tell me if y'all agree with this, but that to me tells me that they were looking quarterback there, you know, because I mean he was he was the last of the second tier guys, so it just it it felt like, and I know it, it's been put out there that, you know, they called, uh, you know, the Texans called Davis Mills before, the you know before the the Vikings picked Kellerman and all of that, maybe and maybe even before Kyle Trask got drafted, but to me it seemed pretty obvious after you, you know, you picked Davis mills that you were looking quarterback there. And, and I get to be honest with you. And I, again, I was one of the ones before the draft, I was anti quarterback because I just didn't like none of the quarterbacks, but it wasn't really? that I was a yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't high on Kelly Munn I wasn't super high on, on Kyle trash. His bowl game left a, left a bad taste in my mouth, even though he had a, be- a better body of work that, that probably made that unfair to him. But I just was not high on any of the quarterbacks in that spot. So I, I could have certainly lived without any of them, quite honestly. So that was, that was my, my thought process. And and so, you know, they, they went and got one, they went and got one anyway, to me, it just shows that that's obviously what they were, uh, what they were looking to do. But from there, what I think Nick Casario basically did was, and he talked about this was, and this is the process it is, you know, a basic cost benefit analysis of like, what's it what's it going to cost me to stay in this pick? And how many players am I going to lose if I stay here? Um, I've got limited picks and limited, you know, uh, assets. I don't have a lot to offer. How do I get from here to there? You know, and from that point, from that standpoint, it just seems pretty obvious to me that Given their limited resources, they wanted to get the bet the, the, the quality over quantity, they wanted to get the best quality players that they felt like they could get. So, uh, and I can respect that.
1: Also, did you guys know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? You're gonna have to work out after you indulge in a happy cinco de mayo. We have a lot to celebrate, but afterwards, you're gonna have to work out, you're gonna have to get back to where you want to be. And when you talk to any built bar fan, including myself. We're all passionate about our faves. I love peanut butter brownie and churro marshmallow. Some people, which I don't know how they do it, they love coconut almond. However, there's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried just one flavor, if you like two, you can get the mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Don't know what to get your mom for Mother's Day? Well, most moms I know love Built Bar. I got my package in the mail, and before I can get to my third, my mom came over and took the rest of my box. So send her a box, and you're sure to be her favorite, at least for a while, until you get her another box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back in everybody. Brandon K Scott of 16 Sports Radio. Check him out. Amazing work uh on the 16. What is it? Is it 16.com for, for all the articles and news that you do on the website?
2: Yeah, it's uh Sports Radio and that'll basically take you to it. It's actually, you know, Sports sportsradio 16 Odyssey is coming up, man. but if you just do sportsradio 610com you'll find it.
1: The expectations for the 2021-22 season's for me Personally, is pretty low, and, and Cody and I have the discussion due to an article we read that the Texans are actually going to tank, and I don't think they're going to tank. I think they're going to be very, very competitive. They're just not going to be good. What are your next year expectations for this team? Because I honestly, I see maybe two and fourteen, and the Texans won two games with Brian Cushing, JJ Watt. You know that's how they got uh, Jadavian Clowney. They won two games you know. the year prior to Jadavian Clowney.
2: I find it hilarious that somebody thinks the Texans will be good enough to tank. Like, like you have to, you have to tank on per, like they, they don't have to, like, they'll be bad enough to just be bad. Like, what do you mean tank? Like what tank, what? Like, so tank as opposed to what to winning to being good. They're not that they're not that. So like it, it is, it is to give them too much credit as a roster and as a, and as a squad, as a crew as a label like they they are not good so so what are they tanking exactly i don't understand that part like now if they want to argue that if you want to make the argument that hiring david cully and 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 looking for all of these singles and doubles and and not you know maybe not trading i don't know not trading deshaun watson before uh you know, everything hit the fan. I don't know. Like you can make some arguments for like, what are they doing? How, why do they think this is going to be successful? But the team is like football players don't tank. First of all, you get your, you get your head knocked off. So that's not a thing. Like, let's just, let's just rely like you cannot dog it on the football field in the way like you can dog it in some ways, but for the most part, you got to be out there to protect yourself. This is not basketball or or even like, you know, baseball would be even easier, but in football, Tanking on the field? No, man. Them, no. Them, them dudes not trying to get their heads knocked off, like I, at least I imagine. So so that's not happening. But what they've put out there, and, and if that's the argument based off of the squad that they put together that, that they're tanking, I mean, I guess, but I, like they weren't good last year and they weren't tanking. And, and with Deshaun Watson behind quarterback. Right. And, I, and with Deshaun Watson behind quarterback. And like if, if you just put the complicated Deshaun Watson thing to the side, which I know is difficult to do when when we're talking about the football team because of how important he is. But the rest of the team, I think, is in some ways better. Like, I think they've made some improvements. Now, you lost Will Fuller, you lost J.J. Watt. Can you really be better if you lose Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, and J.J. Watt and, like, none of the guys that replaced them are, are as good or better? I think there's a fair argument. But I do think that they made some improvement. Maybe that's the way I should put it. They made some improvements to the squad and it's just still not going to be good enough. So, you know, like I, I think that they tried to improve the squad for what they had and they did, and it's just not going to be good enough. They don't need, they don't need to take, they're not good enough to, 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 to lose on purpose.
0: And Brandon, I like your take because in in some ways I do believe that Nick Casario has put together a team where maybe if we still had Will Fuller, um, JJ and even if we still had a good relationship with Deshaun Watson, I would say, yeah, this might be a playoff team. I mean, you take a look at the backfield with the addition of Phillip Lindsey, he's not a scrub. You take a look at the defensive side of the ball with Shaq Lawson, um, Jordan Jenkins, like those are guys I feel that's going to come in and have an impact on this team. But to your point, at the end of the day. Hey, this is still not gonna be a team that's gonna win too many games in 2020. I personally do not see them finishing the year with the league's worst record however with that being said the conversation about the Texans tanking only came about because when you are looking at these so-called way too early mock draft it has the Houston Texans um selected not only first overall but it also has them taking a quarterback do you or do you not and I know we are what four months away from the collegiate football season kicking off and I know we still have a long way to go before we start talking about who the Texans should or should not draft but Brandon from what you know as of right now do you see a so-called generational talent that can possibly come out next year especially at this quarterback position
2: generational no no I think you might have some good ones like the ones that that just come out the mind or you know Malik Willis, I believe, out of out of Liberty and uh, and Spencer Rattler are. But those are the ones that just come off the mind. I I don't think you have that guy like, you know, I I had I had somebody compare. I think it was my coworker, John Lopez, say, hey, hey, could could Davis Mills be the guy be like something like Joe Burrow, who just didn't get to have that last year? Like, is he Joe Burrow after his third year at uh, or, uh, you know, after the junior year, not third year, but after the junior year at LSU? Um, you know, obviously he transferred from Ohio State, but is he that guy who was at the time projected to be a fourth-round pick? You know, and I, th- I thought that was an interesting take. I don't, I don't see, them, see parallels, you know, as players or anything like that. But I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it, you know. Um, and I say all that to say that at this point, that dude has not emerged. Like, we were talking about Trevor Lawrence for years. You know, people were talking about him before the whole world had heard of him you know from the high school college circuit and eventually once he once he came on it became very clear this guy is going to be the number 1 overall pick whenever he comes out he would have been the number 1 overall pick last year and probably the year before so we don't have nothing like that clearly like we would have we would have already been discussing it and talking about it um but to your point about finishing last i think that like i don't know if they'll finish last i, I haven't been able quite to make a plan i don't even have a schedule but I, th- I think on the surface you look at it and, and I was just here making the argument that they made some improvements, right? You heard me say that. And I believe that, but on the surface, you just look at it. Like they lost Deshaun Watson. They, they, they were a bad team, a four and 12 team last year with a generational quarterback with all time level quarterback play. And they're losing that guy and they're replacing him with Terod Taylor and the team. If, you want to make the argument is better is only marginally better. And you could even kill the argument and say that it's worse because of the guys that they lost and the guys that they replaced them with are not better. You know, for, you know, they could be the, the proverbial one step forward, two step back type of team. For the most part, it's the same team. It just don't have no Deshaun Watson, you know, saying, it's the same quality team with no Deshaun Watson. So you can see how people would think that. Um, but I think you guys see how the schedule plays out and, you know, see what these new additions look like if the if the defense like I'm skeptical if the defense is gonna be better, like with Lovey Smith and all of this rah-rah talk about creating turnovers, you know, it t- it sound good. Anthony Weaver them talked about creating turnovers too, before they went out there and didn't do it. You know, so I mean like I I mean, I'm waiting to see on that. I'm waiting to see on to see what actually what type of season it's gonna be. But they're obviously not tanking, um, and like I said earlier, they're not good enough to even be in a position to do that.
1: Brandon K. Scott of Sixteen Sports Radio, happy to have you back on this Friday edition of Locked On Texans. Before we actually even think about moving along, where can everybody find you on Twitter, social media, and all of your work?
2: Yeah, man, find me on Twitter at Brandon K. Scott. That's pretty much where you can get any update on what I'm doing. And of course, I'm at Sports Radio 610 doing all their digital work. I'm on air sometimes here, here and there a little bit. Like I get to hop on a show here and there. So if you follow me on Twitter, I'll let you know when those things are happening. And, of course, the B-Block podcast, that's weekly. Um, you can subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Follow me on Twitter at SomeSportsGuy. Started the movie Tenet today and kind of fell asleep uh, throughout of it. So I'm going to run that back to see if I'm missing something or was I just tired from the daiquiris because I just moved into my own house a couple of days ago. But again, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And this is Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, peace.